Welcome to this new episode of Le Podcast. Le Podcast equips you to make positive change in your organization. I'm Alex Simonville. Thank you for listening. Today, I'm with uh, Michael Delonzo, and we have a really interesting conversation coming. We want to come into terms with terms. But before I'm going further, Michael, could you please introduce yourself? Thank you, Alexi. Uh, yes, as Alexi said, my name is Michael DeLanzo. I'm a software program manager in EDA for the last 25 years. And um, I met Alexi at a Boston Spin meeting where I followed his newsletter and an ongoing discussion about one of his newsletters brought us here today. That's a really an interesting one because the newsletter was about how to create fantastic goals. Of course, I have a total bias there. I, I love using OKRs, objectives and key results. And I love trying to find a way for people to create uh, objectives and key results that are really good. You need to first look at the persona, the people that will be involved, and you need to look at the impact for them. And once you do that, you have really good key results. So I tried to do that. And yeah, Michael had, had an interesting comment about, oh, I think you're confused about that. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us more, Michael. Yeah, so um, actually what you were saying, I agreed with, but um, how you defined objective and goal was somewhat different for me. And, and because those both had a different scope, I thought you had it backwards. And then when you replied, well, here's how I define goal and objective, everything made perfect sense. And that's when I said, ah, coming to terms with terms, that's, that's a key piece of starting any kind of project. And you replied, hey, that sounds like a good podcast. And here we are today. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So when I describe objectives and key results, usually I, I say we have basically three, three different things. We have at a really high level, we have the vision, we have a dream. And, and then we have one or several objectives. I would say the less objective you have, the better, because the more focus you have. And then for each objective, you will have key results. In a way, you have an objective and then you say as measured by, and we have one, two, or three key results. Same thing, the less key results you have, the more focus you have, the more impact you will have. And the more people will be aligned on achieving something, the more chance you have to, to get it done in a reasonable amount of time. So that was my way of saying it. Where do you think there, there could be source of confusion? Well, I think the source of confusion was that for me, the goal was the overall high objective, the high, the main, you know, what you called the dream. And the objectives were the small steps to get to the dream. Yeah, my, my definition of objective fit very well with your definition of goals, while my definition of key results fits your definition of objectives. That's, that's what you said. And um, I always thought of goal as a generic term and we have a more precise object, uh, definition for objectives and key results. So we, we flip them. And by flipping them, I thought um, we, were, we were out of sync. And when you gave me your definitions, 
um, everything made made sense and was very clear. That that makes me think that I, I published uh, something on our internal content management system at uh, Red Hat. I said it was four or five years ago about objectives and key results. Along the way, there's people that commented that or proposed some improvement on the on the definition. And our conversation made me realize that oh yeah, we we already made that. We made some changes along the way. People asked questions and clarified terms, and at some point we agreed on something. Mm. And I said, oh yeah, we, we made great progress because we had that interaction to clarify the terms. Right. And uh, I think two or three weeks back, there was someone found that page defining objectives and your results and made a comment, and the comment was exactly on that thing, okay, I don't understand what you mean, and that doesn't make sense to me. And that was exactly the kind of question you ask. And I was looking at that saying, oh, yeah, okay, we need to have that conversation again. So it means that maybe in a team, we, we need to have that conversation. And my question to you would be, have you experienced that, and how would you drive those kind of conversations? Yeah, uh, that, that's, a good, that's a real good question. I think part of it is it, it needs to be written when, when it when you decide on what those definitions are, they need to be written down. And then, in addition to writing them down, they need to be in a place where everyone knows to find them. We, because because uh, uh, words like goals and objectives they they can have multiple different meanings, and especially when you have words that have multiple different meanings, is where you can get in trouble. Um, I, I did a little research before the, before their, our meeting, and I found um, the Basecamp guide to their internal communication, and it was a very interesting read. And I'll, I'll give you the URL when we're done. They have there's one bullet in there that I find very uh, very interesting, and it's if your words can be perceived in different ways, they'll likely be understood in a way that does the most harm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought that was uh, pretty telling with respect to coming to terms with terms. Yeah, absolutely. But, this is a really good one. Yeah, so so I think one of the ways to, to combat that is to have a, a central repository. In in my previous job, we had a, we would use wikis. We would alias the name of the wiki, so it would be a short URL that everyone understood was related to that project. Everyone could go there to find the information they need, or find pointers to the depth, to to the information they need. And uh, as a newcomer, I'm coming to that page. I, I'm reading the information, and for me, it doesn't make sense. What is my next step? Do you have guidelines in your teams to do that? To tell people, hey, if you don't understand it, it's okay. It's probably on us. <laughs> so let's agree on something. Let's 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 have a conversation. Yeah, that's that's a that's a good uh, question. We we didn't have guidelines for that. Usually, you know, the 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 team members were listed on that page and what they owned. The the person would nor the newcomer would normally go to one of those team members, and then it would be up to the team member to come back and and make the change on the page so that it's clearer to newcomers in the future. Okay. And one of, one of the goals was to have as little meetings as possible because in the meetings you're if you've decided on something and agreed to something and it's not written down, it stays within the people in that meeting. 
where if it's written down, it's there forever. And, and the newcomers in there can access it. Which is a very good point. This is really important. In a way, it's, it's, it's obvious when you have a distributed team and you know that a lot of people will be remote. Uh, we tend to have more uh, asynchronous documentation, asynchronous communication in, in writing. When we are all in the same room and all collocated, we tend to, to rely a lot on oral communication and not document what, you, what we say. And it can, can lead to, to dangerous assumption that we are all in agreement. And I had an interesting meeting where people were dis- disagreeing about something. And at some point you realize, okay, we, 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 are, we don't speak about the same thing. Let's, <laughs> let's restart. Yeah, let's restart fresh on that. Yeah, and, and and today's today's teams make make all this much more difficult. I mean, when when you, I completely agree with you when you said the teams are distributed. I mean, I, I don't. It's been a long time since I've been on a team that wasn't, you know, internationally distributed. So they have their own culture, their own, um, you know, their own way of looking at the language and. You know, you need to be very clear. And, and sometimes you're in a meeting and it's upper level management. They've, they've, they've attended a lower level meeting. They think they understand the basics. And then you go to a, a corporate wide meeting and you see them giving the information out and you're going, oh boy, they, they didn't understand that. <laughs> and you, you, you really, it's a corporate wide meeting. You cannot interrupt them to correct it at that point. And, you know, you're spreading uh, misinformation pretty quickly. Yeah, and it's, that's, not, that's not helping the, the, the confidence that people can have in, in what we are trying to achieve. That's a, that's a really good point. You, you mentioned uh, the culture and international teams. That made me think about one experience I had is that one team that was describing their process in a way I was not able to understand. So it was English. The problem was not really the language. The problem was the metaphor they were using. Mm. Uh, they were using uh, American football uh, metaphors. <laughs> and, and they were saying, uh, and at some point, one of them looked at me and said, okay, based on your eyes now, it seems you have a problem. And I said, yeah, I'm totally lost. Uh, <laughs> this is your... I know the words. I don't know what you mean. So... <laughs> Can you clarify a few things for me? And of course, they realized that that will be a little bit hard to explain to me the rules of American football, but maybe they can use another metaphor that would be better. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty funny. Uh, I remember, there was, I, I don't know who actually did the quote, but it, it's been attributed to George Bernard Shaw that said uh, something like, Britain and America are, are two nations divided by a common language. <laughs> well, this is a very good one. <laughs> we we see that there's uh, there's really something important about uh, having those conversations to clarify and documenting what we want and accepting that even when it's documented, there will be some need for clarification at some point. Correct. Because we forget about things or because there's newcomers, because the context changes. When we prepared, you mentioned things about the way we think and critical thinking and passive thinking. Yes. Do you want to say a little bit more about that? Sure. I don't want to come across as uh, an expert on this. It's, a, it's an area that's always interested me. 
Uh, I've been reading uh, Daniel Kahneman's Thinking Fast and Slow, and he talks about two types of thinking. He categorizes them as system one and system two, which is system one is sort of passive thinking, the quick thinking we do, which we do every day, all day, and it serves us very well. But there are some situations where we need to do critical thinking. When we're to, when to bring this to our, our area, writing them down and reviewing them gets them into critical thinking from the passive thinking. Uh, for instance, reviewing uh, a specification. I received an email uh, from one of my old managers, and he was he was in an airport reading an article on CNBC about Jeff Bezos banning PowerPoint slides from Amazon. And essentially, what he was saying was that the PowerPoint slides end up being in a meeting. There's no there's no real critical thinking. So now what they do at Amazon, they have these memorandums that are worked by a couple of people and reviewed and rev revised before the actual meeting. And then the first 30 minutes of the meeting are spent in silence with everyone reading the document and commenting on the document or scribbling, you know, notes on the document. And then they have the meeting to discuss it. As a matter of fact, I, there was a quote in there by uh, Jack Dorsey from, from Twitter who said something like, most of my meetings are now Google Doc with the first 10 minutes reading and comment directly on the doc. This practice makes time for everyone to get on the same page and allows us to work from many locations and getting and gets to truth slash critical thinking faster. So there, you know, Jack actually actually uses the word critical thinking. We've all been to the meetings that go round and round and round, or we've all been to the to the review of a specification where those of us read it, we've commented. We've sorted out, say, even on a on a on a separate wiki page for the comments. We've we've answered questions and made clarifications, and then we go to the meeting, and someone who hasn't even looked at it is looking at it for the first time in the meeting, and they're asking questions that the rest of us have already you know answered and discussed and are and are good with. That's when I will interrupt the meeting and and I will tell tell that person that. Since they haven't read it yet, uh, we'll save try to save time at the end of the meeting to answer their questions. But the but the rule really is you read it beforehand, you comment on it, all the small issues we can iron out beforehand, and then when we have the meeting, all we're going to uh, address is the the, the controversial issue, issues, the issues that really need discussion, and that makes for a faster meeting. It makes for a more efficient meeting. And we can knock off all the small things beforehand. Sometimes we can knock off all the things. If the person's done a really good job explaining things in the spec, we can knock 90% of them down and, and only have a small meeting on, on a couple of issues. Uh, one of the other interesting things I saw in that Basecamp Guide to Internal Communication was that, um, you know, meetings are a last resort, not the first option. Yeah. Uh, a a, a one-hour meeting with five people is not a one-hour meeting. It's a five-hour meeting. So um, yeah. I, I like those ideas. 
Let's bring us back to the writing communication and oral communication and synchronous and asynchronous communication. And so meetings are, are really costly because also then they require synchronous communication, which is really hard when you are on different time zones. And writing communication is easier because yeah, you can you can invest the time when you have it and makes it a, a little bit better. I would like to add something on that. Not everybody is really comfortable to to speak up in a meeting, but maybe we'll be more comfortable to look at things, take some time, reflect on it, and write something down and make a suggestion uh, that will be that will be relevant. Uh, but having the time to think and to to think through what they want to say, they will be able to contribute something they will not be able to do in a meeting, maybe. Exactly. And in the meeting, we tend to rely on the passive thinking, the the easy thinking versus the critical thinking. There's no time to think about the, you know, you're, you're reacting more than you're thinking. And, you know, that's why both Bezos and Dorsey reserve time where there's no talking at the beginning of the meeting because he wanted the people to think critically about it. Yeah, I love that. And you know that that makes me think about uh, practice that I think was bought in um, in in Toyota in the Toyota production system, and they call that A3 thinking. And the idea was you have a they have a specific format. Uh, in the past, it was on the A3 uh, sheet of paper, so a pretty big one. And now with uh, computers, they they reduce that to uh, A4 because people were were able to, with a computer to to write more thing on the document. And what they were looking at is process to think through a problem. So you're working on a problem and you will test first if the problem is really a problem for the business. All that document, you are, you are in charge of working on that problem, but you will work with others and you will interview other people or you will have meetings that all the results of what you are working on are in that specific document. And so people are used to the same format, they know how it works, and they will be able to explore and experiment and drive experimentation to a conclusion of, okay, we, we solved that problem, we have a short-term solution, and we have a long-term one that we are implementing now. And I really love that way of, of thinking. I try to implement that in several companies. Um, have, you, have you heard about that? No, I haven't. That's, that's, that's very interesting. Okay, I will, I will put some references on, on that too, because yeah. uh, I, I think it could be useful for people to, to look at it. Maybe not to use it directly, because it, it was born in the industry, so there's probably other way of doing things in, a, in the software industry, but that's, that, could be, that could be an interesting branch of that way of writing things and guiding the conversation to a, a resolution. That sounds like a great idea. I'd like to hear more. I mean, okay. there, there are so many things, I mean... Clear communication is, is so critical, and there are so many things. I mean, we're only talking about one small piece that can derail that. There are so many things that can derail clear communications with, with diverse teams and, you know, geographically spread out teams. And the pace, you know, we're, we're all on a, a, a really fast pace to, to get things out the door, um, bleeding edge technologies. Sometimes the um, the old adage of um, well, let's take the time to do it right once rather than taking the time to do it over and multiple times applies. I mean, the idea of having a formal review where you you, you spend time looking 
at the at the document beforehand. That's been around for 25 years. It's just it's just the fast pace of, of the way we go today. We think, oh well, you know, we can handle that. We we know what that means. We know what those words means. Let's move on, and then we run into trouble. I, I think we, 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 in a way, understood one thing, but only partially. That's the, the idea of fail fast. Uh, you want really to test your idea really fast to see how it works for your or users or customers. I, I really like that idea, but it doesn't mean you don't think about it. It means that you want to find the, the smallest path possible to test your idea. Correct. To test your solution. That doesn't mean you don't think about it. Of course, there's uh, assumptions that you will never be able to check if you are not testing it. So you can have an endless conversation in meetings and you will not be able to say, okay, this is that one or this is that one. So you will need to test your assumption. And I think that idea of fast pace is understood in a way that, oh yeah, we need to go fast and not understood in the, in the way, no, that doesn't mean we don't need to understand the assumptions we are making. We need to already be clear of what 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 is the experiment that we are testing right now. I agree. I have the feeling that we are nearly at the end of the conversation. What do you think? Do yeah, you think we? Uh, I I I think so too. Uh, I don't know that there's anything else to add. I do have a a, a good Daniel Kahneman uh, fast versus slow thinking question for you. Okay, let's go. Okay, so um, a bat, and uh, unfortunately, this is uh, this is an American sport, so so maybe uh, maybe it'll throw you off again. But a, a bat <laughs> and a ball cost one dollar and ten cents. The bat costs one dollar more than the ball. How much does the ball cost? <laughs> So sorry, uh, what was the what was the amount of the bat and the ball? The bat and the ball was one dollar and ten cents, and the bat cost one dollar more than the ball. How much does the ball cost? Yeah. So of course everything is in order to 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 make me say ten cents. Correct. Okay. But that's not the right answer, of course. Uh, yeah. So, what is the right answer? The answer is the ball cost five cents, and the bat cost a dollar five. So, the bat is a dollar more than the ball, and the ball, and the bat, and the ball cost a dollar twenty, a dollar ten. <laughs> but you know, your fast thinking jumps right to ten cents. Yeah, it's obvious. Yeah. But it this is this is. You know, and, and our fast thinking serves us well 90% of the time. But there are times when we need to do the critical thinking, the slow thinking, and we don't know it, and we come up with the wrong answer. And, you know, <laughs> I've been in meetings where we've gone around and around, and, and people are arguing, and it isn't until maybe on the third meeting that slowly everyone's definition starts to merge. And we all agree on where we're going, but it's taken three meetings because we didn't realize that we had different definitions. I love that. Thank you very much, Michael, for, for your time and insight on that. I think it will uh, inspire people to, yes, to clarify the terms beforehand and to make sure they agree on that before starting to discuss the real problems they have. 
not creating more problems. Thank you very much, Michael. Thank you, Alexi. I, I appreciate it. It was fun. This was an episode of Le Podcast. Le Podcast equips you to make a positive change in your organization. For more, connect to alexis.monville.com. 